you have your Bible, take it and open it up to Romans chapter 12 this morning. I am super excited because today we are kicking off a new four-part series of messages called Renewing Our Mind or Renewing My Mind. Now, according to the National Science Foundation, the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot. That's a lot of thinking. If you think about that, (laughs) you're always thinking about something. There's always something that is on your mind. Always something. Your mind is always at work. There's this thought that's on your mind. Now, researchers found that out of the many thoughts that we think, 80% of our thoughts are negative. That's a lot of stinking thinking. That 80%, out of all the thoughts that we think about, 80% of them are negative in nature. And 95% of the thoughts that we think about are repetitive thoughts. We just keep thinking the same thing over and over and over again. Now think about that. If our, our tendency is to be negative-minded and we are going to repeat those thoughts, we're going to have the same negative thought over and over again in our minds. Now what happens is this. The more you think a thought, the more you're creating what scientists call a neuropathway in your mind. Now, a neuropathway, pathway, for example, suppose uh, you had a field of grass and, and you just kind of kept walking the same path over and over and over again. Maybe you're just pacing and you're just walking over and over and over again. Sooner or later, that path is going to become more and more defined. You can see that path clearly. You can see that path. That path is just something that's easily noticeable and easily taken. The more you walk on it, the more you travel that path. Likewise, the more we think a thought, the more we're creating this narrow pathway in our mind, and the more that thought is easier to think. It becomes the default thought that we think. When anything happens in our life, our minds automatically pull up that that path, that default thought. And we're revisiting this and re-traveling this path over and over and over again. And so, if I'm creating this negative path, I have a choice. I need to stop and say, you know what, I I don't want to travel this path anymore. I need to create a new path. I need to have a new way of thinking. And so what happens is when you start to create this new path in your mind uh, that's that's more productive and more effective and more uh, honoring God, the less you're traveling on this path over here, the old path, and that path begins to grow again, the, the, the grass and all that. It's a little less noticeable, and it doesn't become the default thought in our mind. And so we have these pathways that are forming in our minds the default thought. Now, you might be here this morning, you're thinking, well, hey, wait a second, Mike. 
I don't know if I believe in all of this positive thinking, new age, self-help, psychobabble, you know, stuff that, you know, you hear and all that. And I want you to understand right from the beginning of this message series that this is not about positive thinking. It's about proper thinking. It's not about self-help. It's about self-surrender. It's about allowing God to help us think as God thinks. You see, the Bible says this, that as Christians, all right, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we are a new creation. Everybody say new creation. That's who we are in Christ. Now, with this new creation, not only does God give us a new heart, in which we can know God, in which we can love God, in which we can obey God, but God also gives us the capabilities in which we can think properly. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. And so God wants us to think differently. Now many times, if we're honest, our thoughts are not the same as God's thoughts. And so from from the beginning of this four-part series, I think this is the, the best place where we need to start is we need to really understand the thoughts that we're thinking. Why do our thoughts matter? And so I want us to take kind of a thought audit, okay? Uh, you have your sermon notes. You'll find them right there in your sermon notes. A thought audit just within the last couple of days. And I'm going to ask them to put the next screen up here. Just think about what you've been thinking about over the last couple of days. Go to the thought audit. There you go. Now, your thoughts, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, worried over here in the lower range, peaceful over here in the high range, where, where have your thoughts been? Maybe you're here this morning, you said, well, you know what, you know, I've been worried about my health. You know, I went to the doctor the other day, and they said, you know, I gotta run, they got to run some tests on me. And, you know, I'm kind of worried about my, my health. I'm worried about some things that are upcoming. And so your, your thoughts over the last couple of days, you've, you've been over here. Maybe you've been worried about your kids. You know, your kids, you're just, you're just kind of anxious. Parents, you're just anxious. And so you're, you're over here. Maybe you're worried about your career. Uh, just something in, in your life. Your, your thoughts have been focused on this thing in your life, this issue, this problem, whatever it is, and, and you've been worried about it. And so you say, well, you know what, I've been over here about a three, or maybe, maybe you know, hey, you, you're over here, you know, you're like, hey, you know, God's got it, you know, I know all things work together for good to those who uh, love God, to those who are called, you've been over here, right? So, so just be honest with yourself, I'm not going to ask you to write your name on your sermon notes and hand them in, and we're not going to share them, all right? But just be honest with yourself, on a scale of one to ten, where have your thoughts been in that in that line what about negative and positive your thoughts have you been negative have you been you know critical a very critical spirit where you just find fault in everything you know it's everything kind of just pushes your buttons everything just kind of you know just just gets you upset you just kind of just been negative everything you, you see the problem in everything and you just kind of have a real bitter critical spirit so you say well yeah you know that's, that's kind of me I, I'm, I'm over here you know 
I got to be honest. Just, just, we're in church. I know. I just want to be transparent. I just want to be honest. I want to be real. All right. This is this this is where I man. I'm in this most of the time in my life right here. You know because it's it's so easy to be negative. You know when you turn on the TV and you just see all the garbage that's going on. It's so easy to be negative. It takes no work whatsoever to be negative. However, maybe you're over here. Maybe your thoughts have been positive and you see the best in people and you're just an optimist. You know, you're, you're one of these people that, that sees the cup half full and you're, you're just over here. That's great. But what about this over here, worldly and eternal? Your thoughts, you know, have, you, have your thoughts been more focused on, on worldly endeavors, just, you know, worldly issues and worldly things? Or have you been thinking about the eternal? And so this is important because, you know, what we're going to do is we, we have to start with what we're thinking about. We have to start with what we're thinking about. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says, And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I want us to focus on the first part of this verse. This is God's word to us this morning. Paul says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so three things that I want us to get this morning. Faith fact number one is that any change I want in my life must start in my mind. Any change that I want in my life, it must start in my mind. It's got to start here. It's got to start in our brain. It has to start in our thinking. You see, your mind is the control center of your body. Change has to start in your brain, not in your behavior. So often, we get it backwards. So often, we're trying to change the fruit instead of getting to the root. So often, we're trying to treat the symptoms instead of getting to the cause. And many times, it's, 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 it's right here. It's the thoughts that we are thinking. We're repeating that, that narrow pathway that we're walking back and forth on. And so if you want to change your behavior, you have to start here in your thoughts. If you want to change how you feel, you have to change how you think. Now think about that for a second. Many of you are parents. No, Heather and I, we, we've had this with our two boys where, you know, when they were little and just, you know, whatever, out of, you know, whether they did something wrong, where they start crying and start crying. And, and, you know, as a parent, you just look at it, stop your crying. That's not going to change how they feel. Trying to mandate somebody's feeling, trying to mandate your, you know, just you know, stop doing this. Stop being sad. Stop worrying. Stop crying. That never works. You have to get to the thought. What are you thinking that's making you feel this way? You see, when we get to the root that's how we change the fruit. When we get to the, what's causing it, and we address that, we address the issue, not the symptoms, then we can experience real change in our life. You see, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. 
In other words, if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think you can, you probably will. If you're dwelling on problems, those problems will overwhelm you. You're just focused on those problems. You're dwelling on them. And sooner or later, those problems are going to overtake you. They are going to overwhelm you. Or you can look for solutions, and you'll see the solutions. Or you can feel like a victim. You know, if, if, if you're thinking, I'm the victim, I'm the victim, I'm the victim, you're going to be the victim. Or you can believe that you can face any circumstances with the strength that Christ gives us that we can overcome. We don't have to be victims. Again, it's our mindset. It all begins right here. It begins in our minds. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The New Century Version says, Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. That's important. Be careful what you think because your thoughts give direction to your life. Your, your, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That's why it's so bad. You know, many, many people have suffered. You know, I think what's worse than physical abuse is verbal abuse. When you tell someone, you know what, you're stupid, you're a loser. You say that long enough, they start to believe it. It gets into their head, and guess what? They're going to be a loser. Because it got right here. And maybe that's you. Maybe somebody told you, you know what, you'll never amount to anything. You're worthless. You're not good at anything. You're not creative. You're not whatever. You're not enough. Whatever, we, we start to let that get into our minds and it begins to control our life. Proverbs 4.23, today's English version says it like this. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And so you are what you think about. I used to believe you are what you eat, but that's not true. You are what you think about. What you're thinking about the most in your life, that's who you are becoming. Your life is a sum of all the thoughts you've been thinking over your life. So we need to be careful. You see, we have a choice. You see, God is not going to do your thinking for you. He's not. But he's given us the choice. He's given us the capabilities that we have to be careful. There's a choice that we need to make. Look, look again at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so here it is. Here's the choice. Paul's saying, listen, you have a choice. You can either be conformed to the patterns of this world. You can either allow the world to shape you, conform you, or you can be transformed. You can be changed. How? By the renewing, by the renovating of your mind. And so Paul says, listen, it's your choice. God isn't going to do your thinking for you. But he's given us the capability. He's given us the mind of Christ. And so we have a choice. We can either go the old pathways of negative, stinking thinking, or we can create new pathways where our thoughts glorify God, they honor God, they're focused on eternal things, not worldly things. So it's right here. So we need to think about whatever it is we're thinking about. You know, 
long, long time ago in the church when children's Sunday school was a thing, children were taught a, a little song. And that song was, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. How many of you remember that song? Oh, yeah, that's an oldie. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. The Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then it would go on, be careful, little hands, you know, be careful, little heart. But there's one, one stanza that says, oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. That's important. You know, we, 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 we teach children, man, be careful what you're thinking about. We, we instill this and we drill this into children because we know the dangers. We know what, what, what will happen if our children are not putting good things into their minds. However, it's not just suitable for children. It's also suitable for adults. It's true for us. We should be careful what we allow into our minds. We need to guard our mind. We need to be more intentional with what gets our attention. We need to train our brain, right? We need to make our mind, mind. And so, faith fact number one is that any change that I, I want in my life, it begins with my thoughts. It starts here in my mind. Faith fact number two is every behavior is based on a belief. Every single behavior is based on a belief. Some thought that's in your mind you are responding to that thought through your behavior. You see, as I said before, what you think, that's the root, comes out in the fruit, how you behave. Listen to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. It says, fools will believe anything, but the wise think about what they do. In other words, they, they, they think about their behavior. They just don't go do anything. They just don't believe anything. No, no, no. They, they, they think before they speak. They think before they do. They understand. Wise people understand that their thoughts come out in their actions. Now, you want to write this down. Anytime I sin, or anytime you sin, at that moment... You're believing a lie. Anytime we disobey God, anytime we do things that 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 you know God says don't do, and we do them. Anytime we anytime we don't do the things that God says that we are to do. Anytime we sin, at that moment we are believing a lie. A lie has 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 put itself in our minds. We're thinking about that, and we react to that thought by committing whatever it is, the action. It all goes back to the Garden of Eden. If you remember Adam and Eve, when they sinned, remember Satan came up and he put a thought in their mind. He knew. He knew if I could get them to believe the lie. You see, Satan's the father of all lies. And it, it, the same trick that he used in the Garden of Eden, he uses today. He says, listen, if I can get you to believe a lie, 
If I could get this lie into your head, whatever that lie is, that you're not good enough, that you're not deserving enough, that you're not, you know, you're not whatever, talented enough. If I could just get this lie into your head, then you'll start believing it. And that belief will give fruit to how you behave. Satan is real. And I believe that if he can get into our minds, if he can get into our thoughts, if he can influence the way we think, it paralyzes us as believers. And so I believe the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. What lie are we believing? What lie was I told that I bought it hook, line, and sinker? There's some lie that I'm believing. You see, the, the purpose of this series is we're kind of just, just using this kind of as a springboard. But we're going to go a little deeper because I believe that, that we need to change our, our, our thinking. All right? And when I say that, because many times we think, well, I've got to get rid of this. I've got to remove this thought. I've got to, no, no, no. It, it's more about, more about replacing that thought. As we begin to look at God's word and what God has to say about us, who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ, because of what Jesus has done for us, when we start to think like Jesus thinks, that starts to permeate into our life. When, when, when it gets into our minds, then it affects how we feel, it affects our behavior. And so we need to ask ourselves, what lie am I believing? Two things that we need to remember is that there is an unseen war that's going on, not just for your mind, but in your mind. There's a war that's going on in here. If you remember, Paul speaking to the Christians in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about the spiritual warfare that we're in. He says, you know what, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But then he starts to talk about the spiritual armor that we have, that God has given us. And he says, put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. And then Paul starts to go through each piece and he says, listen, you know, take the belt of truth. Take the breastplate of righteousness. Take the shield of faith. Then there's one, there's one article of this, of this wardrobe, of this spiritual war, wardrobe that Paul mentions that I think is so important, and that's the helmet of salvation. And many times we're not putting on the helmet of salvation. Yeah, you know, we've got the belt of truth buckled around. We've got our shield of faith. We've got our breastplate of righteousness. We've got our shoes on. You know, we've got the sword of the spirit. But, but one of the things I think we don't put on that we should put on is, is the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? The helmet of salvation. If you remember, the soldiers wore their helmets to protect their heads. They did not want anything to hurt their head. You see, the enemy knows that, man, if he can hit you in the head, he can take you out. And so there is a war that's going on up here. There's a war that's going on in your mind and for your mind. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Paul's talking about the spiritual warfare that we're under, the spiritual battle. He says, on the contrary, the weapons that we have as Christians, we're going to dig into this deeper later, right? But he says, on, con- on the contrary, the weapons that we have are divine power to demolish strongholds. These lies that, that grip our minds, they start to take effect, they start to hold on. We start to think these are strongholds in our, in our life, in our mind. Paul says, guess what? We have the divine power to demolish these strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And Paul says, listen, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought. So there's this battle going on. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Paul says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And so there has to be this, this switch, this determination that we're intentional. Not only does every behavior leave, or not only is every behavior based on a belief, but we need to learn to think like Jesus. This is the goal. This is the whole goal of this series is that we would understand that we have the mind of Christ and that we would start... Remember, remember a long time ago, there used to be these bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do, right? Well, I, I think we should come out with a WWJT. What would Jesus think? Because when we start to think like Christ, then we'll start to do like Jesus did. But we have to start with our minds. We have to start to think, how, how, how did Christ think about this? What did Jesus think about this? Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, Paul says, For who, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Then Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. He's talking about believers. And Paul says, listen, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't let the world shape you, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. This mind that we have is the same mind that Christ has. In other words, we can, we can think. We have the capabilities to think better thoughts. We have the capability of thinking thoughts that honor God. We have the, we have the capability of, 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 of using our thoughts to glorify him. Now listen, rethinking my life to match how Jesus thinks, that's called repentance. Now I, I want to talk about this real quick because you know, we, 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 we tend to think of this word repentance as some negative word. You know, uh, we think of it as repentance as uh, you know, we've heard it so often, or maybe we've seen, we get the vision every time we hear the word repentance, I think of uh, some guy with a sandwich board, with a megaphone, you know, that says, you know, repent, turn or burn. And we start to think that repentance has something to do with our behavior, that we need to stop doing something. We need to stop doing this behavior. And so we've associated repentance with, with changing our behavior, but that's not what repentance means. Or maybe you're hearing, you think, well, you know, repentance means being sorry for our sin. That's not what repentance means. Repentance doesn't mean being sorry for, for your sins. Being sorry for your sins is being remorseful, all right? 
Repentance doesn't mean being sorry for your sins. It doesn't mean change your behavior. Uh, repentance doesn't mean make a U-turn. You know, you think, well, you know, you're going in this way, and I've heard this before. You're going in this direction. Repentance means to change your direction. Stop going this way and turn and go this way. And again, that's dealing with an action. That's not what repentance means. Here's what repentance means. It comes from two words in the Greek, metanoia. Metanoia. Go to the next slide. Next one. You're way behind. Keep on going. There we go. Excellent. Good job. Repentance. It means change. Meta means change. That's what I mean. Have you ever heard of meta, metamorphosis? It means to change form. Meta means to change. Noia means mind or thinking or understanding. And so what repentance means or repent, it means to change your mind, to change your thinking. That, that's what it means. So remember Jesus, his first message, all right? The first thing he preached was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. When he says repent, it's the same word. It means change your mind, change the way you think, change your understanding because God's kingdom is at hand. Change the way you think about God. That's what he was teaching. And so if we're to think as Jesus thought, it begins with this idea of repentance. Changing our thinking. Remember in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus sends a letter to seven churches. In Revelation. And out of the seven churches, six of them, Jesus said to repent. Repent. Starting with the first church, the church at Ephesus, the church that, that, that left its first love. You know, here's a church at one time, they were so in love with Jesus. Man, they, they, just, they just couldn't wait to just you know, worship them. They, just, they were so on fire for Jesus. They were so in love with Jesus. But something happened in that church. We don't know what took place. We don't know what transpired. But, but it began right here. It began in their minds, right? And, and their love for the Lord was not as strong as it once was. Oh, they still met at as a church. They still worshiped together as a church. They were still a church in name and they were still a church in its function. But, but they, 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 they weren't in love with Jesus. They had left their first love. And Jesus told them, remember. Remember what it used to be like. Remember the height in which you fell. Re remember. Remember that zeal. Remember. And then Jesus says, repent. Change your mind. Change your understanding. And then he says, return. You see, Jesus says, remember, repent, and return in a specific order. He doesn't say return first, and then remember, then repent. 
But no, if we see the sequence, that we remember, we get this thought in our mind, we, we reflect back to, we understand, we, we think back to the time when we first were in love with Christ, that thought begins to be, build that neuropathway in our mind. From there, it comes into a, a state of repentance, right? We're, we're, just, man, we're just focused on that. And then we come back to return. Come back to the action. So it's think first, feel action. So where do we start? How do we, how do we change our, our thinking? How can we make our mind mine? Go back to Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 1. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's why I said before, I don't believe in self-help. And there is a lot of self-help books out there. I mean, you can go on... Barnes and Noble, you go anywhere. There are so many self-help books out there written by various authors. This isn't about self-help. It's about self-surrender. It's about self-dying and self-denial. It's about the help of the Spirit helping us in our weakness the help of the Spirit helping us in, in, in capturing every thought, filtering every thought. It's about the help of God's Spirit activating the mind of Christ so that we can think differently. We can, we can have a different mindset when it comes to things. We can see by faith and not by sight. That our thoughts are positive and not negative but that our thoughts glorify God. But it starts right here. And this is why our thoughts matter. And we need to be intentional with what we're thinking about. Every head bowed and every eye closed.